movement in America, Paul got together with Roy Hackett and others to devise a plan to expose the colour bar on the buses. Now they just needed a stalking horse. Guy Bailey had just arrived in Bristol at the age of 18, a bright young man who'd been a boys' brigade officer back home in Jamaica, and he wanted to work on the buses. I thought driving one of those buses would be just what I want. However, um, you had to become a conductor first before you can become a driver. But I didn't mind that because I wanted to, to get on the bus. Guy attended evening classes run by Paul, who arranged an interview for him with the Bristol Omnibus Company. The trap was set. Well, I did phone the company. They didn't know I was black. And um, they said, send him along. We're short of drivers and conductors. When I got into the reception, the lady at the time I can remember said to the manager, oh, the, the two o'clock appointment is here, something to that effect, and, and it, he's black. And I heard the manager said something like, tell him all the vacancies are, are, are taken and there's no more. And that was that. I was very disappointed, really, really very disappointed. <laughs> At a hastily arranged press conference, Paul Stevenson described what had happened and called for a boycott of Bristol buses. The following day, the city's 3,000-strong West Indian community joined in. Then, Bristol University students took to the streets and the protest went national. The company and the union were furious and set about defending their policy. The point is that whilst we can obtain white labour in this city, we intend to go on engaging white labour rather than coloured labour. Well, we don't want them on here, that's the main reason. I mean, you come to look at it this way, when all beaching drops is hatch, there ain't going to be enough work for the whites, let alone the blacks. But the campaign ploughed on, securing the public support of Saliri Constantine, a former West Indies cricketer, now Trinidad's High Commissioner to Britain. And Bristol MP Tony Benn added his voice, taking the campaign to Westminster. The cracks in the colour bar were becoming hard to ignore. In August 1963, after long and tense discussions, the union and the bus company announced an end to the colour bar. And two weeks later, Bristol had its first non-white conductor. There we go, guys. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was, um, how did I lose the page? Wait, there you go. That was a brief insight into uh, the history there. Uh, what, what did you glean from that, <clears throat> S.J.D.? S.J.D., you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Hey, you meet up, S.J. Go on, do you go first? Yeah, okay, you okay. go first. I go first? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last time I gobbled up all the stuff, so I'm a bit nervous. That's fine. Um, Thank you. <laughs> no, what was inspiring about this um, actually event was 
how they got together. But who inspired me the most was a guy called um, Roy Hackett. Roy Hackett was the actual person that um, the BBC has got a BBC Bite Side video on. Mm. And I think I asked Spice if it's possible that she can um, find it. I'm yeah. not too sure if, if you guys can play. But this guy actually sat in front of the bus, like sat in the road and oh. preventing the bus from going from A to B. And his actual words were, quote, unquote, his name, Tony Benn and Arthur Scargill were basically the worst names in Britain at that time because Arthur Scargill was promoting the minor strike and he and Tony Benn were promoting the bus strike. And for me, I just thought it took a situation from 1955 to come 360 degrees, 1963, where he can actually sit down in Bristol, not be afraid, and to stop a whole fleet of buses. I mean, this guy, you know, he was just, I don't know. I just felt that it was just a lot to do, especially when you're not from this country and for you to feel that strongly about something, um, it kind of resonated with me. Um, he went on to tell us about how he quite... Hi, how are you? Go on, He's quite... Um, this gentleman, quite a rounded person. Um, he carried on doing interviews and supporting civil rights uh, 50 years on, um, and basically what he was basically trying to do was show the kids of today how you just got to keep fighting for things. Um, he came to England in 1952. He started off in Liverpool. He came on a Sunday, signed on on a Monday, um, on the 14th of October, and found a job on Tuesday, which was, mm -hmm. as it were, the next day. Um, the rent was um, seven shillings where he was, and so he left Liverpool. From then he went to Wolverhampton, from Wolverhampton he went to London, and he worked for Taylor Woodrow, and everyone knows Taylor Woodrow, right? Right. And they brought him to Somerset, um, and this is now 1957, so he's kind of getting an understanding of how England works, but he never saw a lot of black people until he actually went to Somerset, and he was actually working with them. Whilst in Somerset, um, he um, got a job in Wales, and he worked for Sir Robert McAlpine as a labourer. And he actually said this in his interview. He worked with Tom Jones as a T-boy. I mean, a T-boy, seriously. He just didn't care. He just didn't care, you know, how he got his money, he didn't care. So this guy had gone from Liverpool, Wolverhampton, London, Somerset, and Wales. And then he decided to go to Bristol. He had no family in Bristol. Oh, you got it, Joe. That would be great. Yeah, play it. Yeah. So, um... <clears throat> This, this is this the guy is a, I'm talking about. Yeah, he was yeah. sat in front of the buses. Well, carry on, dear. Your explanation was very good. No, yeah. but he's here now. Come. Yeah. Um, oh, so let's have a listen. Hold on, wait one second, because um, what we have to do here, because we because we understand how the technology works. We're all patient, Joe. When when we share. Tech time, tech time, time Joe. Tech time, yeah. We have to optimize. You did it before. You did it before. Have to optimize the uh, sound for sharing, and then um, see. This is my point. It it does that each time. See, hold on one second. 
Go, don't worry. We we have patience, Joe. Very right, and then we optimize. We need to do is prior to this year. Just step the Notice how I get this done, despite people see. We have a saying: you got to be in it to change it, and that is the In it to change it. Roy Hackett has spent 50 years at the age of 90, the fight goes on. Older and wiser. Try and try and never stop trying. Because trying is what I did in my life, in my whole life. I keep trying because everybody thinks I'm a no good. And I keep trying until I become a too good. Roy arrived in Britain from Jamaica Great in 1952. Was not great to his Commonwealth people because we were of different colour. At the age of 29, he made his home in Bristol. I came and I walked along the road for about 10 doors. Everyone I knocked that didn't have a card on it to say no gypsies, no dogs, no Irish, and no coloured. The lady opened the door, saw me, and she didn't say a word, she just slammed the door. I said to myself, I think that's the norm here. There was no rule about discrimination and what you shouldn't do. Therefore, they could do anything and get away with it. When I tried to buy my first house, there's a big crowd of white people standing out. And I thought they'd come to welcome me in their midst. No. You know what they did? They said they didn't want me there. I said, why did God make two color or three color people? Why didn't just make everybody black, everybody white, everybody pink? We wouldn't have had this trouble. I felt extremely degraded and thought, but what am I doing here? And I think I just got to put up with it until something comes, comes along. Well, we helped set up the Commonwealth Coordinated Committee to unite the Caribbean community. We decided to fight anything that a black person was involved to help them out. In 1963, the committee faced their greatest challenge. When the Bristol Bus Company refused to hire non-white staff... Once we can obtain white labour in this city, we intend to go on engaging white labour rather than coloured labour. In our country ruled by Britain, we drive our buses, we drive aeroplanes, we drive helicopters, we drive trains. So why is it in England we can't do it? Well, we don't want them on here, that's the main reason. There ain't going to be enough work for the whites, let alone the blacks. They were not shifting. We said we got to take it to the other level. We are going to form ourselves into group and stop the buses. We physically sit down in the road. At the time, Arthur Scargill was having the miners strike up north, and I, we were having the strike down here. And uh, at one stage, they said, um, Arthur Scargill, Roy Hackett, and Tony Benn is the three worst person in England. The boycott attracted national attention. The bus company lifted their ban. And two years later, there was a change in the law. In 1965, Harold Wilson stood up in Parliament. The battle against racialism here in Britain and he said, as from today, any person discriminate against another because of politics, religion, color, creed, or disability, you have committed a crime, punishable, five months in prison, or 5,000 or both. And I cried. I said, thank heavens for this. I said, we won. 
Roy has continued his fight racism over the decades. I never taught it in school that this happened here. And I said, why are they ashamed of what they've done to us? I talk to the primary schools. I always tell them that we had to do that to bring you up. And never forget your roots. Trying is a great thing. And if you even fail one, try another time. Or trying to improve what you fail on, you know, and uh, try again. Really, because young people today, they are tomorrow's people. And we must try our best to make them be a good tomorrow's people. Fantastic. Well right, said. Uh, well right. said. Yeah. What a man, what a man. What a lovely man, yeah. Mm. Excellent. Yes, Shay. Talk to things. Right. Well, you gave the summary of what happened. And look, we're still here having discrimination, um, experiencing racism, <laughs> even within the royal family, all of that. So, um, yeah. I highlighted a few points and that happened in, the boycott happened in 1963. You can hear me? Yep. Yes. yes. And you had the Race Relations Act in 1965, which made discrimination unlawful in public places. Well, I wonder mm. what, what happened about the places that weren't public. <laughs> well, and then in 1968, you had the Race Relations Act um, which was extended to housing and employment. Now, why didn't they just do everything all one time? But of course, I don't you know. know. I, we, I don't know. But we did say, yeah. Yeah. We always, as things come up and it takes, it always takes time for things to change, whether it's, you know, months or a few years later. Mm. And then what came across my mind was in, you know, remember in um, the Hidden Figures movie, the engineer scientist who... To qualify, yeah. um, work in NASA and all of that, she had to do a course. But of course, the course wasn't for black women or, or even for blacks. Right. And she had to go to court just to go on the course. Right. And I love the way, I mean, if, if, the, if it was the way she spoke to the judge and he allowed her, but it's only to the night classes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Only to the night classes. Mm. Right. So... Out the toilet as well, Eshay. In yes, yeah, she had to walk. What was it? Um, half a mile. Yeah, quite to the, the other side. Yeah, toilet. yeah, to the nearest toilet. Yeah, because yeah. you couldn't mix black and white. So when the when the guy took down the toilet sign, I said, right, everybody going to see him toilet. You right, black women are white. Everybody is the same color. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so what came to mind as well? I was just like, well, when did the first um black man or person had the right to vote in this country. Oh, so, there's um, a documentation on that on the web. Yeah, so, so yeah. I, I, I looked, right, and it was in 1870, Ignatius Sancho. Yes. Right. We so, he qualified in Westminster in 1774 and also in 1780. Yeah. Mm. Mm. He was um, a, born a slave on a slave ship um, and his owner I think he got passed around a few times till he eventually left and, you know, became a bit of, a, you know, an entrepreneur, set up shop and, and all of that. Um, he was taught to read and write and all of that, but he also became a composer, did a number of things. Yeah. Mm. And what else did I 
make a note of here. Voila, 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 voila. Right. So coming down much later on. Yes. Yeah, so so in the end, in um, was it six old September of '63? It was an Asian that was first employed by the bus company in Bristol. Yeah, his name right. is um, Rad 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 he announced that there would be no discrimination in employing black bus crew. Yeah? Right. That's correct. Now, yeah. That, was, that was the same day that Martin Luther King made his famous speech. They say, I, I have a dream. dream. That's but correct, not, yeah. I just, I'm looking at the detail now, right? It's not, it's not... They always come up with, I have a dream, but the main theme was, let freedom ring. Right. Freedom ring. That was the uh, main theme for the speech yeah. but they brought it down to just having a dream we need to actualize mm -hmm. and manifest right mm -hmm. our rights yeah our human rights our racial rights you know everything basically mm -hmm. yeah and then it comes coming down to 2003 was the first anti-discrimination laws. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. On your That's point, Richard. 38 years later, it's the course of justice mm. is always being deferred and denied to us, even to this day in 21st century. Yeah. All these things happen to us because that's why when I looked back and say, oh, okay, so we had the vote in seventeenth century. We are now in the twenty-first century. Why? Why is it such a hard haul, long yeah. haul? Yeah, that's pulling teeth. Yeah, always have our rights, no matter what it is. Mm. Right? A child's going to school to wear their natural hair, boy or girl. This, yeah, on every aspect it could be employment, housing, education, how you wear your hair. Mm. But yet when they want to wear the same hairstyles that we have, the plaits, the twists, yeah, the mm. afro, it's okay, to, but not okay for us. Yeah. We can't graduate unless we cut off the locks. Right. Yeah, it's not on. Yeah, 21st century need to change. Inch. It's quite interesting what you said about I have a dream, and yeah, the, the, but it, they lowered the bar. They lowered it. It's less the ring because they never wanted us to have our freedom. Right, right. Yeah, they came and right. said that they discovered us and took us. And said, no, they never discover anything. Okay. We've been here from morning, from okay. every corner of the earth. Yeah, not just Africa, Australia, Europe, all of that. We are black Germans, black Russians, black Philippines, so on. You name it, we are the original people. Interestingly, you can only belittle a man if he allows himself to be belittled. So we noticed with the bus boycott, it was because they stood up. 
that they were counted, innit? What has happened over time, they're very smart, find a way how to manipulate you. So when they can um, terrorize you with fear mm. by killing your, your women or, or your men in front of you, things mm. like that, they stole it, but you have to return it, right? Stolen legacy. Um, a pregnant, right? And the child falling out and killing the child, right? Or mm. as soon as you have that baby and the ch child reaches a certain age and they take that child and, and sell it, right? Yeah. That fear is still in us. Yes. Yeah. And what did we learn? trauma, yeah? We learned the trauma carries into the DNA through it's generations. DNA. Isn't it? Right. So yeah. this is, it's so imperative and important for us to do the healing work that we need to do on our DNA, yeah? Right. The frequency that we carry when we're around these people, how does it impact it? Can you imagine? Some people don't want to go back to work when things open up, because they're going to be facing them same negative vibes and frequency with these people. <laughs> Hold yeah. on, wait. Let's do a poll. Just do your reaction, thumbs up or whatever. Are you looking? Forget the money. Are you looking going back they to? Prefer look, they prefer working at home because nobody's stressing them. Nobody's coming with their micro aggressions. Management, and, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or even, like, yeah. Or even macro aggressions. Yeah, right. I know right. because I I went through how many years in my own workplace. Right. Right. But I found a way to deal with them. Once you know what you're dealing with, you need to meditate. You need to be, you need to be so on point to know how to deal with the mindset. Right. You need to understand your own mindset. Right. Right. What, yeah. what fears you have and deprogram yourself. Right. Yeah, look at this. So all these things that we're sharing about what our experiences and what has happened to us. Yeah, the commonality is we know this. So if we know it, how do we deprogram ourselves from how we react and respond and how we overcome it? That's quite right. Spice, right? do you want to read some of the comments? You can't just have the knowledge of it. You can't just experience it. You need to be able to know that if I experience this, how do I overcome it? Well, how the funniest I thing is, now you said how did they overcome these guys, what they decided to do was to set up a carnival and to get everybody involved, right? I'm not yeah. too sure if everybody's aware of the story, but they set up a carnival in 1968. Yeah. And um, they was it this, basically... Was it, was it these guys that set up the carnival? Yeah. Okay, Karen. Yeah, so they set up a carnival in 1968 and he said that he got a gentleman from Cornwall and he told them that they needed to have a handbill, which is now known, and we guys know it as a flyer, and they so what was their name? What was their oh, name? The guys, all these guys' names are um, Paul Stevenson, Guy Bailey, Ray Hackett, Audley Evans, oh, Prince right. Brown, Owen Henry. These guys that are part of um, the Commonwealth Coordinated Committee, these guys basically started to do something within their community. And they right. decided instead of just having an all-black thing, let's just basically have a, Brit a Bristol carnival. Let's get everybody right. involved. Let's get people from not only our town, St. Mary's, let's basically get people from other towns. And they literally went around with mm -hmm. hats and started to ask people, could they contribute maybe, you know, money or can they get the driver to drive the steel pan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I thought that was good because after they kind of got together just for the bus, they thought, let's not stop there. Let's expand. Let's. Yeah get everybody involved. 
old, white, black, let's get the whole community involved in the same common denominator. Let's mm -hmm. try and uplift the community. Let's get more money. But by like having a kind of more money getting into the... Sorry, Joe, what do you say? A bit like what we're trying to do. Well, yeah, yeah you know, let's basically yeah. try and get more, more funding. Let's get to more people involved. And um, it started off uh, 5,000 and it went on for many, many, many years until they all got, a, um, three of them got an OBE. Um, Bailey Hackett, Stevenson, oh. yeah, they all got, um, Bailey Hackett and Stevenson was awarded an OBE in 2009. Right. And they got an apology for the, the boycott in, um, in um, 2013, 50, 50 years later. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We've got, some, we've got some comments here. So Kerry says, as individuals, we must unite. We do win with education and change. Mm -hmm. Nari says, what's sad about the whole thing back then? There was no support from unions at the time or even Labour parts at the start of the strike. Point there. Um, ISI says, good point regarding the work, Eshe, when you was talking yeah. about returning back to work. Mm -hmm. Kerry says, remember the phrase, kill them with kindness. <laughs> um, I say, I says, well, well, says Eshe. And yeah. thumbs up to from um, Mandy for freedom. Right. It's, it's, it's a valid point uh, that was made there, D, you said about them getting the OB. And we noticed it's 50 years. Mm. 50 years later. Yeah. Yeah. They got an apology, yeah. Yeah. No money, no compensation, but an apology, yeah. Right. So, you know, you're robbed of your wealth at a time when you needed it, when you were young and you could do something with it. 50 years later, it's like being imprisoned, isn't it? At 20, you get released at 70. But what are you going to do now? And that by the way, that's why it's important for, for these stories like how we're sharing now. Um, to be told and not, not forgotten. And to be, nobody else is going to tell the story like, or, or embrace this story like how we will, because obviously it's affected each and every one of us in ways that we don't even understand. Eshe made a very good point about how we need to deprogram ourselves. What are you saying about that, Eshe? Yeah, because we've had an education where it's the oppressor that educates us. Mm. So we now need to educate ourselves. I was going to bring up, you know, when we had the guest, um, Tony Crossbody. Right. So I definitely recommend that people go in there and watch all of the series and ed re-educate yourselves about your history not just about slavery who we are who we were where we where we come from our journey what we've done and what we've done to get there right because yeah. we um, kings, right? yeah i mean something that came up um i can't remember what i what i was looking at or what i was watching but we gave free labor as slaves. We, you know, they had us as free labor for four, five hundred years. Can you imagine wow. now? Yes, you talk about reparations or whatever, but can you imagine if for the next four, five hundred years that you could have no tax on what you earn? Right. right? right. So I did like a rough thing on just the average, an average um, salary. Payback. Yeah, just over two and a half million per person, right? Per person. Mm. What could you do with that money? Leave, build a legacy for your family, right? Right. Leave a legacy for your children. Don't wait till you die. Do 
you need to build your legacy now while you're living so your children can see and and pass on something to your children if you don't have children then to your nieces your nephews or cousins you know whatever yeah. yeah that is what we need to do to have that kind of vision right and it shows what a head start then when you break it down like that right shows what a head start they've given themselves over us so even so when we look at the the black economy now yeah we're still impoverished by by comparison and all the math all the figures all the calculations really do demonstrate that doesn't it because we can't wait for the leaders of say um the continent of africa or the continent of asia you know whichever continents yeah where indigenous people live yeah and are the origin of right we need to create our own legacy Right, so you need to create with your family, and just like what you started a vision with, um, shops and giggles, right? Mm. Something that we can come together and build and build and be creative and put our ideas together, and, you know, and all of that. Um, it is not just about coming together and having a laugh, we're here to build a legacy and fulfill our purpose in right. this time, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Joe, that's a valid point. Kaz, come in. Sorry, ladies. Um, really great overview. Um, I also googled the um the bus boycott today, and I found um out just a couple more recent accolades and recognitions. Oh, for Paul Stevenson. So when they did claw out the um the Coulson statue last year, mm. they, 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 they mm. there was um there was a campaign to um, replace it with Roy Hackett. Um, I'm not sure where that campaign is going, but yeah. Um, and also the, the Bristol, no, the Great Western Railway trains have actually got um, a train. Um, Packard, yes. Honor, named in his honor. Yes. yes. Again, is, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, right. we'll have to go Bristol. I don't, I don't know if that's um, well, Great Western. Yeah, that's yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, if, if yeah. there's a a link, a picture of, of whatever it is, yeah, that'd be excellent because those things we need to celebrate and Absolutely. push out as much on our pages or you know whatever social media, everything. And they, Black History Studies, is it them? They do a tour. Somebody said that there's somebody that does a tour because last week we was talking about. Um, it, was it TMJ that said it? I think yeah, it was me. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a few tours. I'll, I will put them in the in the. I thought I put it in the chat. I didn't know. Well, I can I can definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. So there's a tour which highlights all these things, and it's a, it's a great. Is that, the, is that the walking tour? Yes. I, yeah, I've yeah. been on a couple. I've been. No, on they do one. one in, they do one in Liverpool as well. That, that would be great. Yeah. They do one in Birmingham. These, these I have ones, no idea. No, actually, no, right? no um, I, the, the Black History um, couple that come on here sometimes, yeah. they do tours in Birmingham as well. They do tours all over the country. Yeah. Oh, they okay. do. But Avis does, Avis does the tours in London. And um, this other guy, Tony, ah, I forget, it's Tony Walker, That's right. Tony something. Yeah. But does he still live in this country? Isn't he in Barbados now? Isn't he, he is in Barbados, but he's also, because of the lockdown, he's not rushing back, is he? Oh, so, so I think he will come, like, when there's stuff to do, he will do that. Right. Tony Warden. Warner, oh. Warner. Okay. Warner. Okay. Tony Warner. So, yeah, yeah if you're not 
send that information there or even WhatsApp it to me and then I'll I'll include that on our sponsors and then so that we can always have it refreshed and in front of our minds. So when the time's available in terms of lockdown is ease, then we can start, you know, engage. And what would be even better if we can get some of these people to come on the show and tell us, you know, what what uh, caused them to start these, uh, well, we know what caused them, but, you know, how's it been going and how can we do more to help them? That, yeah. that would, be, would be brilliant. So, you, I mean, this... You know, this... you know what's interesting about those tours um, um, yes. is that I, I've been on a tour and I would say, I've been on three tours, and I would say 70% of the people on those tours are white. Wow. Black history walk, black history study. So, so what does that say, people? It says that we're not well enough to It means we don't want to know. No, no, we're not being told. We're not being told. The information's not being put across to us in a way that we're able to engage. We're just not yeah. getting that information in that way. No, no, no. Listen, yeah. social media, you've got stuff like that coming through your social media all the time. There's nothing wrong with you being proactive and booking yourself on something like that to educate yourself. I'll tell you yeah. what does more than the social yeah. media. We when no we come together and talk say, like this, it's more we powerful. Have, we can no longer say that, that we can't find out. You know, we don't have to go to the library and read encyclopedias anymore. Mm -hmm. It's right there at our fingertips. That is absolutely true. That's true. That's true, Kaz. You have to be interested. But then, Kaz, I just want to interject. I did not know about this. Did you know about this? I did um, know about it. Did you know about it, Bye. Did you know about it, Joe? Flash, about, you know about, it? about the bus, the bus thing. I didn't know. No, I, I didn't well, know. Not as in depthly as you guys have. I've, I've not, definitely not, not in depth. I didn't know. Right, winner. Big up winner in the building. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so us coming together like this and discussing it is very powerful. All the information's there, but I, I have a saying, the eye is blind unless guided. So the information could be there, but we just, for whatever reason, we keep passing it by. You can be walking past that plaque by the Thomas Hospital and not even know that, you know, uh, Mary C. Mary Seacole, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, re is represented. It's a statue, babe. The statue. <laughs> but here... When we've discussed it like that, next time I walk past St. Thomas Hall, I'll be looking for, where is Mary Seagull? Oh, you can't yeah. miss it. You cannot miss it. When you go no. in the entrance, you cannot miss it. Right. So so, so these conversations that we're having, very, very important um, conversation, because it really sort of puts it into uh, forefront and centre in our minds, isn't it? Mm. And, and this information yeah. is what, somebody said it, is hidden in plain sight. I think it must be one of the yeah. videos that we saw. Yeah. Hidden, yeah. it's right there in front of your eyes, but... Nobody's directing you to it, so yeah. you just don't see it. Yeah, it's true. Um, so Can I just really... say before before we sort of come off this, um, mm. it's never too late to learn. And just because you're learning about the past doesn't mean it stays in the past. There are lessons to be learned that can be used, those principles, for the present. Absolutely, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. So when we, whatever you're doing next, so say Joe comes next week and says, oh, we're going to do a presentation on look at what how that benefits us in our now right valid yeah. point oh yeah. interesting you mentioned that just just how does this information about the boycott benefit us in our now <laughs> just let's see what well, ideas me, might come from. Yeah. okay i'm going to say how it benefits for me because i was talking to my children today and i was saying to them how if you don't understand your past how do you know what to fight for for your future and you know, you can have degrees, mm -hmm. you can have a big family, 
you can have lots of friends, but if you don't know something about your past, then, you know, it enabled you for you to basically fight for your truth. If you right. believe that you have that deserving right, because you know, you know, your granny came here in 1960, she didn't have somewhere to stay, she found somewhere to stay, she didn't care what people said, she came, she stayed, she worked, she got her place, and now you know something about what it was like. So, Ishay, I, I salute you, yeah, you know, use that part. Yeah. And yeah. it's also about the appreciation of elders. You've hit the nail on the head, MD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, when, when, when you realise, you know, what our parents had done and, and, and even further had to go through for us to be able to do and have mm. the freedoms that we have today. Mm. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, well, I suppose we would have been different people anyway, but... Mm. Imagine how much confidence and, and, and freedom and how much talk and, 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 and freedom of chat we have now. Absolutely. And they didn't have well, it. But they didn't have that. They didn't, didn't yeah. And how hard would it have been for these men to have stood up against all of that adversity back mm. then, knowing they, they literally only had that small black community to support them? Yeah. And that is why I'm in awe of this guy, this guy Hackett, because he actually yeah. sat down in Absolutely. front of the bus yeah. and stopped Bristol buses from going back and sat down on the floor, Joe. Right. Check out one thing I noticed as well, by the way. Um, time is running, but uh, uh, he said that they sat down on the bus, but when they was in the West Indies, which is the Commonwealth, Mm-hmm. Remember, they were invited over here. So it's the Commonwealth. They could drive buses, trains, and do all these other things, fly planes. Yeah. Commonwealth out there. How the hell can they not do it here in this country? And another thing I thought... Well, he stood on a foundation, didn't he, of truth. Yes, yes. he did. And another thing that I didn't forget to say, and I'm going to say it now. This guy used to work in the coffee um, industry in Jamaica. Calls. Mm. Wait for it, Joe. Blue Mountain. Yes, I don't, yes. Right. I couldn't believe it. When I read it, I was like, oh. Right. He was making more money in Jamaica than than what he was making here. Yeah. He came here with the view that he could make more. Because he yeah, was right. saying that he was, when I was reading his story, he was saying that he earned um, five pounds on um, his nine to three job in a kind of chemist. And then in the corporate industry, he earned another five pounds. So basically... For five months, he was earning ten pounds, and that's a lot of money back then. Yeah. You know, and come over here to England, and he's earning something like four pounds and uh, and ten shillings. I right. mean, seriously. And they were preventing him from buying house. I was just going when say, he bought the house. Exactly. The people that were looking at him and didn't welcome him at all. They yeah. looked at him like he was. A, I mean. Right. But look how things turned around because they started to do a carnival, etc., 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 and. You know, he got an OBE, so to, we have to look at him today. But yeah, I, I thought Blue Mountain Peak, look at that, and coffee. But, but going back to what Joe was saying about the fact that they, he he was coming from Jamaica, he realised that other country, other people in his country were running buses, were on the buses, um, planes, etc. That's why yes. it's important for legacy to, to tell stories, to keep those things alive with our families, with our children, Ooh, especially yeah. those of us that are born in the UK. If we yeah. don't have that to see naturally, 
then mm. we're relying on people that have seen to keep that memory or to invigor that memory in us so that we can yes. then carry it forward. Yeah. So if we're yeah. not keeping our own history, if we're not proud of our history and our heritage, mm. this is why people have got the opportunity to tell us right. who we are and how we are, how we're right. supposed to be. And notice he came from a power of strength because he came in the six and he was about buying his house because he knew the value yeah. of ownership. Yeah. Right, he knew the value of home ownership. So those those men back then, they were not brainwashed because they was out in the Caribbean. They knew the strength of and power of black people. When and power in numbers, Joe. Let's not forget the right. power in numbers. But when yeah. we grew up as kids, we didn't have that understanding because we were overwhelmed. Right in schools, we was like one in the class. You know what I mean? And you know we're learning all of white history. We weren't learning our history. In, in, in back home, naturally, he was learning your, your, your history and yes. the goals and ambitions. They all, my mom and my dad used to tap it in my head. You've got to have ambition. You've got to have ambition because they knew their value. And yes. as you said, TMJ, it's really important for us to, these stories, to be able to tell our children these stories of the past, the roots, the foundations that was built uh, by our, pe well, our parents, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Wonderful discussion, guys. Um, we have obviously surpassed our time. We will have more next week. One thing I want to say, by the way, Jamaica in the 1960s was in its heyday. Um, it, Jamaica was doing so. When he came over, and as you said, he was making more money in Jamaica. Jamaica in the 1960s was in its heyday. They had huge plans and hopes. Uh, at some point in the future, we're going to have to discuss what happened. They claim their independence and so on. We're going to have to look into, into what happened. Um, but now, uh, this part, this segment that we move on to. That was Champs and Giggles. They've done fantastically. Just to add on that, when they're talking, um, you know, we're writing in the boxes. Obviously, the viewers are writing in the boxes. Just to add on that, I think discrimination is in is there amongst people, individual people, based on fear. Uh, institutionalized racism is definitely there. Um, you've either faced it or you haven't. And uh, what do you do about that? Because that's corporation. So, what do you do about that? It, it is when you're up against a system. My advice is to arm yourself with your rights. Definitely uh, arm yourself with... Um, educate yourself around the acts or the legislation uh, in the areas that... I'm not saying you've got to go, go and get the library. But for instance, say you're up against a bailiff and you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable and you didn't see it coming and the circumstances are that you're whatever has happened to you, you can't manage, you're on low income, I'd rather you not kill yourself by your debt. Now, there is a, um, on YouTube, you'll find that on YouTube, Killed by My Debt. You don't have to kill yourself by these debts. You can stop these transactions, you can stop these debtors and these bailiffs. If you are vulnerable and you have a disability, you can cease that coming to your door immediately. All it takes 
is a representation to say, hey, and notification that you are vulnerable. It's sometimes better to have somebody to act on your behalf. So find someone within your community that knows what they're do doing and is an advocate or, you know, that can back you up in uh, a witness, particularly within um, on emails, etc. Never really phone these people up because you don't have any backative. It's he say, he say, she say, you know, so you don't have any backative. So everything that you do around um, fighting for your, what you know is politically right um, and your rights because you're read up upon it you always write that and detail that word by one under the don't bother using it. you can use the human rights but you know what use their legislation against them so if you've got a homeless um you're homeless and you know every homeless person is vulnerable therefore you have a right to be homed or housed people expect a house just like that but that's not uh, the way to go forward but you have they do have a duty of care to you because you become vulnerable now they make excuses now if you have a diagnosis particularly it's a protective characteristic there is never ever no need for homelessness even if you got booted out of one home meaning you lost your tenancy that means some other housing organization would still have to house you because they are just landlords. So under the landlords, some of these landlords don't want you to uh, be in their accommodation. So they will put up what we call is gatekeeping. Now gatekeeping uh, within housing, it destroys your mental health. And it's put there and designed there to do that. And they are... Um, you don't understand. If you do not empower yourself with your rights, then your mind and you can be manipulated. Now, oh, people like to fight, fight. Oh, you owe me. Well, that's not the kind of fight that you need to do. It needs to have your paperwork. And if I was you, always, always try and have a witness. For myself, for myself, I am an entrepreneur and a business owner. I help people with mental health and I advocate for them. But I will always do my job, which again is under their legislation. When you incorporate your business, you are in bed with them. Set for you run your department the way you want to run your department. So if you, now you just need to abide by the rules and be legit and you're fine. Have a clear conscience. That's what life's about. Some people don't like people. Some people just want, the, they're in it for greed. And they will do anything as a stalling tactic, particularly in housing, as a stalling tactic to juggle around finances, which is the housing stock. So you have to arm yourself with legislation and your rights and empower yourself with rights. But what I have learned for this journey of discrimination, what I have learned for this journey of institutionalized racism, what I have learned from this journey from listening to other people's stories and even fighting my own injustices. And the thing is, the most satisfying part is when you get compensated by those corporations and you get an apology. Because that shows you 
how much blood they were willing to make you sweat out. And it's really about your journey. That's why empowering yourself and becoming entrepreneurs is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Because that means you are doing you. You are not working for somebody else. You see, working for somebody else, they can run the departments the way they see fit. But when you run your department, do you want that reputation like theirs? Or do you want a reputation that it's going to be known for? I get the job done. They're polite, they're kind, they understand, they have compassion, they give time. And that's the thing you'll find. People are paperwork nowadays and they stop communicating. As part of mental health, I see the system destroy a lot of people, but uh, the people actually kind of do that themselves as well because they didn't or wasn't knowledged, therefore, and also been brought up in a situation where there may have been a lot of um, care home solutions raised wrong, you know, um, domestic violence, all of those things that happen within the family homes, as the panellist earlier rightly said, and I'll put it in another way, break that cycle. You know, everything that they said today was right. It is a fight. It seems unfair. It seems, oh, is it about colour? Well, I can see that some of the people that I actually also work with, are they privileged? Is it privileged? I have seen that too. But some of the struggle that I see sometimes when people hit rock bottom, there is no privilege. When people hit rock bottom, they hit rock bottom. But what we do as a community is that we have to lift one another up and take them forward. So if you've been educated and you understand what leadership is, then we teach one, each one, teach one. Was it teach one, each one, teach one. You know, one at a time and we will get there. We don't have a lot of time as we get older, but it's leaving that history, as they said rightly, leaving that legacy and what we fought for. And although you've got these names out there, you know, there are entrepreneurs out there here to this day, they're not getting recognised, fighting for the same human right. No discrimination, no abuse. And now we have mixed race children, now we have to say, no divide. So what we have to teach is kindness. So I will talk about history when we're talking about, my gosh, the man said it right. If only the Lord would have made us all one colour. But he didn't. He made us different because we all have a different battle. But the aim is the same. Success, happiness, equality, freedom. Free your mind mentally. Live by the three principles mind, thought, consciousness. 
actions, visions, thoughts. Thanks, champs and giggles. Thanks, ladies. Brilliant presentation.